0: Welcome to episode 7 of Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd related topics. I'm Adam Comp and I'm joined as always by my brother Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing? Hey Adam, really good. You will be happy to know that the uh audio recording QuickTime player is actually recording on my end.
1: All right. Our live Everyone's happy to know it.
0: <laughs> Our live listeners uh know that this is our, our third take. I've been having some problems on my end. I don't know what's going on. I keep not starting my recording, so we've had to start over twice. Hopefully, uh, looks like this time took, so sorry about the inconvenience. Um, but it's been a really excited exciting week for me and Aaron. You might notice we both sound really good this week. Um, we both uh, got updated Blue Yeti microphones off of Amazon. How are you liking your so far, man? I'm
1: um, loving it so far. I get to hear your velvety dulcet tones, just in you know great high quality audio. It's it's awesome. It's great.
0: Yeah, and you sound fantastic as well. Um, I played around with recording on the the microphone when I got it uh, almost a week or a week or so ago now. And what I was kind of surprised with is I really don't like the sound of my own voice, but listening to it on a higher quality microphone um, made it a bit easier um, on me. Like not as not as grating, not as jarring.
1: Yeah, you think that until you listen to yourself with allergies.
0: Uh, I thought that you said I sounded velvety.
1: Yeah, you do. (laughs) Like velvety, like really smooth, like covered with mucus
0: nasally velvety fantastic i look forward to listening to this episode but so now we have no excuses when uh when we don't when we don't sound good it's only the content that we have to work uh that we have to worry about now
1: yeah well i'm 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 getting a little worried about this is three minutes into the show and i'm more than halfway through this beer so
0: there is that are you worried that you're going to run out of beer yeah i mean that's the primary worry well maybe we'll have to uh have a brief intermission where we both go and refill (laughs) and come to think of it that might have been the reason for my audio mishaps earlier on yeah i was too deep into my current beer
1: yeah that or you're sobering up
0: oh man it's so so hard to tell sometimes this this is the best take so far i'm glad that this is the one that we're going with
1: this is a keeper
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So it's also been a really exciting past seven days for us. We had Apple uh, give their October event announcements and announce a couple of fun things this past Thursday. Um, They announced new iPads, um, some new iMacs. They touched on a couple of other things that I think are going to uh, be really interesting for us to talk about. But then then after that, this is it. This is going to be like the last Apple event that we're able to talk about for months. So we got to make it count. And I guess I will start the ball rolling with talking about kind of the beginning of the event, the intro, with Craig Federighi, which on a previous take I mentioned, uh, I really appreciated, well, I, I, I was initially very disappointed that they were starting to recap a little bit of iOS iOS 8, introduce some of the features of iOS 8.1, and then recap features in Yosemite. Um, it seemed like they were spending a lot of time going over that, which just left less time for them to announce some of the updated Apple TV stuff that I was looking forward to, which, of course, uh, they didn't announce. But then, in hindsight, I was very excited that they kind of gave me a refresher on Yosemite. Um, I had been using it for about a month and I'd forgotten about some of the really cool things that they added, so it was cool to see Craig touch on those.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a really busy fall for Apple. Uh, They had their iPhone event in September that was just action-packed. They uh, introduced, in my opinion, two of the best new iPhone models uh, they've ever created, and I think they agree. Uh, And then they also announced the Apple Watch, so they were just tremendously busy and then the very next month they're having this ipad event which i saw some commentary online that thought it was a little lackluster but i wouldn't expect to see a one more thing out of uh, an apple event for quite a while i mean i think the last one more thing was like the ipad itself or well that's not right it had its whole whole event but it's been years since we've seen that so i mean i i was pretty happy with how the ipad event uh turned out and um Just getting a refresher on Yosemite, I kind of realized how many of the features of Yosemite and iOS 8 I actually overlooked uh, during the summer while I was beta testing iOS 8 and Yosemite. Um, Things like uh, some changes that they made to messages on iOS. Uh, For instance, now you're able to rename group messages or leave a group message. And these are both things that I was so excited for. When, uh, during WWDC when they announced it and then I just completely forgot about it and never ended up using it even though I had a ton of really annoying group messages over the summer
0: uh, and group renaming I think most of these features apply to both Yosemite and iOS 8 which is kind of Apple's MO now so I just renamed one of our group conversations hashtag team comp, of course Uh, really cool feature, really useful. Um, let's see, what else was I going to say? Um, something, so I had kind of low expectations for this event. I was super excited about WWDC, and I was super excited about the September event, uh, announcing the iPhones. This, I felt like we kind of knew what we were getting going into it, and I, kind of had a feeling of blaseness about the pace that Apple's been keeping up and didn't expect a whole lot. And I think those lo- lower expectations really worked to my advantage, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised.
1: Okay, well, uh, do you want to start with what you're most uh, impressed about or what you were uh, happiest to see? I know that your Apple TV update got snubbed. You didn't end up seeing that, but uh, what were you excited about uh, seeing?
0: So really so nothing that they announced like nothing new I don't think that I'm going to be getting any of that it's it's not for me but I think that it's very interesting and it kind of shows the direction that Apple is heading which I think is really interesting um I would say the thing that I am most excited about and that I'm just super pumped about is apple pay that they talked about in ios 8.1 we knew we were getting it they you know kind of drove home the point again that apple pay was coming in 8.1 um but 8.1 got released uh was it yesterday yep that's right yeah very recently october 20th yeah so I got to download iOS 8.1 yesterday, and I actually made my first Apple Pay purchase today.
1: Wow, congratulations. Thank uh is, is it inappropriate to ask what you purchased?
0: Uh, well, that's a very personal question, but I guess I can answer. Uh, I actually bought a bottle of water. Wow. So this is really interesting, and we talked about it a little bit on the show before, but who accepts Apple Pay? Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Apple put a list of
1: partners up on the screen during their announcement of Apple Pay in the September event. So certain establishments like McDonald's and Panera Bread and Whole Foods all support Apple Pay. I kind of feel like I'm getting led into a trap here, though, because... <laughs> I may have saw a certain Twitter interaction that I think you may be sort of referring to, so school me. Where Uh, is Apple Pay accepted?
0: Yeah, so I I did tweet that I was really disappointed that Meijer, which is where I do almost all of my grocery shopping, wasn't on that list of vendors that accepts Apple Pay, and someone who follows me on Twitter responded that they actually were able to use Apple Pay in Meijer, which was a little disappointing because I I actually went grocery shopping yesterday, had my phone in my hand and thought, nah, I'm not even going to try it. And to think that I could have tried it and have it work was kind of cool to me. But the interesting thing is that with Apple Pay, you can add your credit cards to it. So you can go into Passbook, you hit the plus button and you say, add a new credit card. And you kind of use the camera to add the credit card number. You enter the expiration date and the CVV CVV code. And then your credit card is in passbook. I was able to add my American Express card because American Express supports Apple Pay. And I was not able to add my Visa card because my Visa card is a debit card through my credit union. And my credit union does not support Apple Pay. You follow so far?
1: I do. Uh, I actually, the, uh, it unfortunately is the exact same situation I was in. I just got a new credit union account that does not support Apple Pay, so I was uh, unfortunately unable to use it myself.
0: No way. You, you got a credit union bank account? I did. Did, did I know this?
1: Uh, no, this is extremely recently. Really? You know, and you're finding out the same time our audience is.
0: <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's really cool. Who'd you, who'd you go with?
1: Uh, I went through Community Financial.
0: Ah, man. You're going to love your credit union. Yeah, they're making banking easier. Fantastic. Um, But so, I got my American Express card added to Apple Pay, and it's my understanding now that I can use Apple Pay anywhere that American Express is accepted, and that the merchant has NFC terminals. So you go to a credit card reader when that little machine where you swipe your card if it has that little nfc icon that looks kind of like rss um it that should work with apple pay um and i was able to test it out at work at a vending machine which of course the vending machine uh, merchant isn't on apple's list of vendors or whatever um but whipped out my phone It immediately recognized as being in proximity to an NFC device, put my thumb on the thumbprint scanner, and it accepted my money, and I was able to select a water and have it vent. It was kind of mind-blowing how cool and how simple it was, and it was really a I'm-living-in-the-future kind of moment for me.
1: Yeah, I actually did the exact same experiment with mutual friend of the show Michael Dickman earlier today. And we went to the vending machine at work. He held up his phone without any interaction on his part. The correct uh, credit card he loaded up sh- appeared in uh, uh, in passbook on the screen. He touched down his thumbprint, and then it made the connection. And then the credit card terminal on the vending machine uh, signaled that it was declined because they didn't accept debit cards from capital one uh, and considering that is the only card that i actually have that'll work with apple pay i just hadn't loaded it uh that doesn't bode well for me
0: but uh i'll at least have limited support uh do you not have any sort of credit card are all your cards debit
1: uh, i do have a oh, now we're getting really inside baseball i do have a uh capital one credit card also it's just in the mail uh getting delivered to me
0: Mm, okay and what is your credit card number no i'm Uh, I'm just all right grab a pen (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess i really feel like apple has done a bad job of communicating who is going to accept these apple payments um they have this list of stores which you and i pay attention to this stuff very closely and it really confused us um I thought that I was going to have to go to Panera or a Foot Locker in order to make a purchase, my first purchase, but I think that uh, I'm going to be able to use Apple Pay out of the box uh, in all sorts of places, and I'm very excited about it. And being able to buy stuff with your thumbprint, it is just, there. there's, uh, I look forward to it becoming commonplace, you know? Uh, yeah,
1: it's interesting. Y- you mentioned that, they're doing a bad job not um giving better clarity about who actually accepts apple pay i would think that apple would prefer this be a short-term issue where it's just ubiquitous in you know the the middle or long term and that's why they don't want to create some kind of confusion uh where they kind of are dictating where like customers may or may not go although at the same time i think there's a ton of companies who would die to be on that list also So I don't know. I I would kind of imagine they want this to be prevalent everywhere. So that's why they may have not gone for a resource like that.
0: But uh, so the other thing that I don't understand is what is that list of merchants on their Apple Pay website? What does that even mean? What? So I did see a tweet earlier today that
1: was a credit card uh, reader at a Whole Foods, and that explicitly had the Apple Pay logo right alongside the PayPal and the Visa and yeah. the MasterCard logo. So I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe there's some sort of interface or um, some deal between the, the vendor and Apple, were i don't know a percentage is worked out or something which i don't think is true at all actually because apple takes no percentage off the top if i recall correctly Er now now i'm not sure now i'm just putting
0: uh, now i'm just making stuff up did you finish your beer yet is it time for us to go get refills hey do you have a uh, do you have hold music Did you uh, get another Vanilla Porter?
1: I sure did. Uh, This show, in addition to being brought to you by Blue Yeti Microphones, is also brought to you by Atwater Vanilla Java Porter. And
0: on my side, it's brought to you by Founders All Day IPA. Uh, Did you say everything that you wanted to about Apple Pay? You're on mute. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm still figuring out this mute button. I did take the opportunity while we were both freshening our drinks to look up what is actually going on with Apple's cut in Apple Pay. And apparently they are taking a small percentage uh, off the top of each Apple Pay transaction. What I was referring to was Apple not actually getting any personal uh, information from customers or purchase information. That is all between the actual customer and their uh, card provider.
0: If we had a chat room, then we could get real-time follow-up, and we could just have uh, jackals look that stuff up for us in real-time.
1: Yeah, and complain when uh, one of us is muted or when one of us is actually not recording and we have to restart the episode.
0: Yeah. There's Uh, there's pros and cons to the chat room. I told my wife as I was getting my uh, second beer that this is the best episode of Tech Down so far by a long shot. Certainly, the loosest yeah Well, we're we're figuring stuff out still we're yeah. getting a little bit more comfortable, yep, all right, so what else would you like uh what would you like to discuss next about the Apple event?
1: So we went over Apple Pay, which I think we're both pretty excited about and we think has uh, really great long term prospects uh, I'm also really excited to uh, use Apple Pay with the Apple Watch in two thousand and fifteen um, beyond that, there were some other headlining. Uh, announcements at this apple event uh the most um maybe the most hyped one uh was the ipad uh refresh refresh um so they introduced the ipad air 2 and they introduced the ipad mini 3 and uh, both were uh pretty interesting in the choices apple made uh so if if you want to start at the ipad air 2 uh, this is actually a pretty solid update. I think it's about 20% thinner than the iPad Air, and they uh, actually put the a brand new chip into this device, the A8X, which is pretty interesting considering that the A8 was just announced in one month ago in September uh, when they put it in the iPhone 6. Just Just the fact that they're moving at such a fast rate with their chip design is really exciting because it seems like they're really innovative in this space. Um, Beyond the CPU, though, um, they also introduced uh, or added support for the M8 motion coprocessor and along that, the barometer that was introduced in the iPhone 6 as well. And then a 8-megapixel eyesight camera that includes burst mode and slow-mo, support for the AC uh, Wi-Fi draft spec that we actually talked about briefly on another show, Uh, and it's really, really... Um a solid upgrade for the air two, I would say, but the most notable thing is that all those things I ran down are not actually available in the iPad mini three that is still stuck on the a seven processor and the m seven motion coprocessor and has a five megapixel camera so Apple is really adding a little bit of uh uh implied difference between the two
0: models now well There's, so so r- really quick are y- are you going to be uh picking up any new iPads? You know, I, I would say no. I'm not feeling it right now. Uh, and you do have a personal iPad, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's why. I have the uh, what's now referred to as the iPad Mini 2, but when I bought it, it was the Retina iPad Mini. Um, and I, I, I love it. It's a, a really nice uh, little device. I you know We mentioned our iPad usage in the last show, and I don't use it much, but it's a pleasure to use when I do. And now I have a larger 4.7 inch phone, so it gets even less use than it used to. So I can't imagine being interested in the, at least the iPad mini 3 upgrade. The uh, Air 2 is a little more enticing, but uh, I could do without right now.
0: So the new iPad Air, I thought was almost, uh, it, it was remarkable in how expected it seemed. Like, it seemed like a very Apple update. It got thinner, a very Apple thing to do. Got the spec bumps, Apple thing to do, right? Um, But what I did think was interesting is how much time they spent kind of hyping the camera on this device, which I think was kind of an admission of how people who own iPads out You know, in the real world, tend to use them. And as much as I don't like it, um, a lot of people with iPads take them with them places and they take uh, video of of events, take photos. Um, You know, if they're the row in front of you at a graduation or something, they're going to be blocking your view and it's going to be annoying. But I think kind of these updates are Apple's way of. Showing that they are paying attention to how people use their products and updating the features that will benefit people the most. Uh, you also mentioned the um uh the did did you say that it has an M5? Is that the uh, the GPS tracking, the pedometer tracking chip? uh the the i the, the, the ipad air 2 has
1: the m8 motion coprocessor which is what uh was shipped in the iphone 6 and 6 plus which was uh the next iteration of the m7 which was in the 5s so that is the um the battery conservative uh coprocessor. gps track yeah exactly
0: it, it tracks your location without actually using geo geolocation all the time right which I, I didn't even know, or I didn't even notice that that got added to this new iPad. But that that even kind of makes sense, because in my mind, I'm thinking I would never really carry around an iPad to use it unless it's in, like, my my uh, computer bag, and I take it out at a conference or something. But a lot of people take these things with them everywhere that they go, and it's, you know, it's definitely not something that I would see myself using, but I could see that being something that's useful for other people and how other people use their iPads.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it, it's pretty clear that people like using the iPad as a camera. Um, I've I've heard the old adage a million times, the best camera is the one you have with you. But it seems to be true that the best viewfinder on a camera is the iPad. It's just huge, you know, it, like you can see what you're taking a picture of very clearly and for anyone who, you know, uses cameras, they can appreciate that quality, but especially for older folks or people who uh, have degraded uh, eyesight, it's actually really nice. So yeah. It, it, yeah. It, really it's something point. that looks a little ridiculous, uh, especially when it first came out, but it's just, you know, at this point it's become commonplace, you know, we're all walking around with five inch phones now and, and, uh,
0: take pictures on a 10 inch tablet. Definitely. Um, so I, I, also think that something noteworthy is that apple is continuing to sell the ipad 2 um and i think that's gotten a lot of um kind of bad i don't want to say press but bad reactions especially in the circles that we run in uh did you have any thoughts about that
1: yeah it is uh it's pretty interesting that they, they're still supporting the iPad 2. I mean, considering they just canceled or uh, discontinued the iPod Classic, I guess I'm not surprised at all to see a uh, piece of legacy hardware sticking around uh, for so long, especially considering the fact that I assume Apple has ridiculous margins on the iPad uh, 2. And it has the same components as the iPad uh, Mini, or some of them, at least the same guts, if not screen. Um, and they they must just be getting great prices on those components, and that's why it doesn't hurt them any to have a lower-cost iPad that runs on uh, ridiculously out-of-date hardware at this point. They uh, made a big note of showing a CPU uh, chart at this iPad event in October that's like, oh, man, this new iPad, the uh, a- A8X, is like 7 times or 180 times, like whatever it was, like faster than the first version. And then the second data point on that graph was the uh, the A5, which is what's in the iPad 2 and is in the iPad Mini. So it's you know it, it's kind of it's kind of funny that they're showing like the latest and greatest, and then you're still
0: selling like the second you know from worst. So my thoughts on this iPad 2 um, kind of wrinkle is that I-, I have an iPad 2. And I have it updated to the latest version of iOS. And I still think that it's a great machine. Uh, You call it legacy. And it's a little bit slow. Um, But I use my iPhone 6 and then occasionally will jump into the iPad 2. And it's still very usable. And it doesn't really surprise me that Apple is still continuing to offer them. You mentioned the margins. Um, but I think that it shows that people are still buying them. I think that if people weren't buying them anymore, then we would be able to extrapolate that, uh, or I mean, if if Apple stopped offering the iPad 2s, I think we'd be able to extrapolate that people aren't buying them anymore. And the fact that they're still continuing to sell them means that there's, or the fact that Apple is offering them means that people are buying them, which Um, I think makes a lot of sense because I still kind of see it as a strong machine. Also, as a developer, I've seen developers complain that this is another processor that they're going to have to continue to support. And, you know, you have a non-retina screen that you need to support, but neither of those things really give me any problems as a developer. I've been working on a couple of iPad updates um, and... I've, I guess I've just, I mentioned this on a previous podcast or on a previous episode, but I've just kind of disassociated in my mind, thinking of pixels and thinking of resolutions. And I instead think about, um, kind of relationships. And I think in terms of the square size class auto layout layout, so a non-retina slower processor, device having to support that for another year or two, that doesn't bother me at all. And I kind of wish that developers would uh, get on board with supporting it. We are still way better off than web developers who have no idea what kind of machine they're going to be running their stuff on. We know, you know, the five or six iPads that are going to be running our apps if, if we have an iPad version of our app.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and also, just to play devil's advocate, I think that developers who are really going to be uh, hurt in a way by still having to support iPad 2s and iPad minis are those game makers who really rely on these cutting-edge you know, CPUs and GPUs that Apple's putting in these new devices but don't have an easy way to restrict uh, what, what, their app, what hardware their app's able to run on. Yeah, so in some ways, certain apps are more constrained than others.
0: Yeah, but I think that that's still something that you can plan for a little bit as a game developer. You can not load the highest quality textures, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe start to dial down the frame rate a little bit if needed. I don't do game development, so I guess I don't think about that as much, but that's definitely a pretty valid point. Um, okay, and so the iPad mini 2 announcement that apple had um oh ipad mini 3 this this, so this is the third version of the ipad mini but the second retina version is that what it is
1: yeah exactly they retconned retconned my ipad into the ipad mini 2
0: uh i see okay so the only update that that got was the touch id and Was that it? Am I forgetting something?
1: Uh, It is the same thickness. It has the same battery and processor. I think the only thing different is the gold color and uh, Touch ID.
0: Yeah, that's right. So I I think this is also a really interesting choice because anecdotally, um, tell a a really quick story. Uh, Do you remember when we went suit shopping before? Yep, yeah. And you picked out that really sharp suit for... Or weddings or whatever—I don't know. You—you you looked really good. Thanks. So. But after we were done with that, we stopped by the Apple Store, and I, for the first time, held the iPad Air, and then immediately the iPad Retina Mini. At the time, it wasn't called the Mini the Mini Two, um, and I was talking to you about how uh, you know I'd really like to get a new iPad, but I can't decide. The Air is has a bigger screen, but it's a hundred bucks more. It was really a tough decision for me. They both said pretty much the exact same specs. And I went back and forth and I'd been thinking about it for weeks before then. And obviously I bought neither of them. Um, I kind of just froze in the headlights and they both seemed like such a a good deal. And I, I was in fact really excited that Apple was offering both versions, and the only differentiator was a screen size. Um, but I think the fact that, again, I am I tried to extrapolate as much as I can from what Apple shows us, but I think the fact that they didn't update the Mini um, as much as the Air this time around means that the Mini was just a really great deal at the time, and they sold fewer errors than maybe they anticipated or maybe they wanted so that's where they focused most of the update so they're hoping to i would imagine my guess is kind of more evenly distribute the uh the sales across their product line i think it's also important to note that the
1: iphone's apple sells now are both uh, or the two newest models are both way larger in screen size. So for some people, a mini iPad just is not a practical choice. Uh, that's not everybody. Some people who don't have any smartphones or have an Android phone will get an iPad. But for a lot of current iOS users, it's uh, almost a no-brainer to go with the Air over the iPad Mini.
0: Yeah, and as a iPhone six user, that's definitely my line of think. Like now if I were going to get a new iPad, it would 100% be the new iPad Air. Like I wouldn't even think twice about it, which again is Apple being super sneaky because that's the version that costs $100 more than the Retina. So kind of my mental gymnastics, I've kind of tricked myself into spending an extra $100 at least on this machine, which I think I mean, Apple is just marketing geniuses, and I don't even mind being manipulated this way.
1: Well, hold on there. Is 16 gigs really enough for an iPad? You might have to pay another $100.
0: Right. No, I would definitely upgrade to the 64, but I would do that whether I was getting a mini or a full-size version.
1: Nice. Yeah. They perfected the art of upselling, uh, convincing you to upsell yourself.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, I had one other thought on the iPads um, before we move on from that. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. I got a couple other things. Oh, okay. So the thinness of the iPad Air 2. Man, I really just wish they would call this thing the iPad Air and just drop these model numbers. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about one of our past episodes where we talked about how Apple seems to be spreading themselves a little bit thin on their software side of things. And they've released a couple of buggy updates. 8.0 had some bugs. 8.01, 8.02, um, 8.01 had some pretty serious problems. Um, it broke touch ID for iPhone sixes and it broke cell reception for iPhone sixes, which serious, serious problems. I mean, there's been, you know, other problems on the software side, but I was thinking about how Apple is always striving to create a thinner product, whether it be the iPad Air uh, or iPad shaving a couple of millimeters here or there. Same thing with the iPhone 6, um, getting thinner, even to the point of the camera lens protruding slightly from the device, like generation over generation, they're always pushing themselves to... Come up with a thinner, a thinner design. Um, and I feel like they're doing the same thing on the software side. And they've kind of made the decision that they're going to go out of their way to reach a little bit past what they're able to comfortably achieve. And it causes a little bit of pain um, and mistakes are made. But at the same time, they're able to I think that they're able to grow more as a company by pushing themselves this way. And I think that they just are showing the same philosophy on the hardware side as the software side. Um, It just kind of manifests manifests itself in different ways.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think it's really telling that uh, maybe three years ago or so, there was one iPhone and there was one iPad and now uh, they are introducing two models of each when they are are putting out their new updates. So just like the amount of design that Apple is doing is like they're operating at a level they never have before. And while they're doing twice as many of their flagship products at one time, they also came out with an entirely new uh, product category, or announced rather, which is the Apple Watch, which looks like the industrial design is just amazing. So we're seeing an apple that's firing on all cylinders right now.
0: Yep, uh, I definitely agree. This mute button is a little hard to hard to hit on the on the blue yeti. Uh,
1: yeah, don't bad talk our sponsors.
0: Oh right, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's perfect. It's delightfully tactile. <laughs> exactly uh so that's everything i had on the ipads what what else did you uh what other thoughts did you have on them uh i I thought it was a little
1: interesting that they went ahead and added the barometer support into the ipad uh the ipad air 2 but not the uh, mini 3 although it seems like one of a it seems like a business decision rather than a technical limitation which is really uh the mini that we're left with this seems like is you know made from a series of those um
0: What does the barometer do? That just measures how far up and down you, like if you're going up and down stairs, what your altitude is, that's, that's all it's used for.
1: Yep. It uses relative air pressure to figure out where you are. Uh, Vertically. Yes. Up and down stairs. Yep. Vertically uh besides the barometer the other thing that i thought was pretty interesting was uh they introduced touch id on both of the new ipad models but uh, as far as i can tell neither one support apple pay uh so you cannot purchase things in-app or in uh, physical retail stores you can only use touch id to unlock the device and purchase things in the app store so uh, that's just one thing that i was a little surprised to see i thought they might at least uh introduce support for in-app purchases using Apple Pay uh, just because that doesn't require the NFC chip that they omitted from these iPads, but uh, it doesn't seem to be the case.
0: So hold on one second. I'm Googling because I seem to remember, geez, I can't find the page now for Apple Pay. I thought that they had on the Apple Pay marketing page at the bottom, they had the devices that supported Apple Pay and that had the iPhone 6, the Apple Watch, and the new iPads, and the iPhone supported in-app as well as in-store, the watch only supported in-store, and the iPads only supported in-app purchases. I could just be, maybe that was just some crazy dream that I had.
1: No, real-time follow-up. This is from a Mac Rumors article, Apple reportedly preparing holiday launch of Apple Pay Loyalty Rewards Program. They have a note in here at the end that says, in-store NFC payments will require the iPhone 6 or iPhone 6 Plus, while those devices and the new iPad Air 2 and iPad Mini 3 will be able to make online purchases with Apple Pay. So there you have it.
0: Yeah, good. guess we don't need a chat room after all. Those jerks. Yeah, take that. (laughs) We can insult them because they technically don't exist right now. Uh, Okay, what else? Apple event, what would you like to discuss? All right,
1: so Apple Pay, done. iPads, done. The other big thing that Apple announced at this event was brand new Mac hardware, the most prominent of which, I know, I know, long time coming, uh, is the iMac with Retina 5K display which is a mouthful for a name like you don't like having the numbers on the end of ipad uh that is a ton of words um but these new iMacs they seem sweet Uh, i am pretty impressed with it and i came really close to pulling the trigger on a computer that i really uh should not purchase because it costs about uh, roughly half a wedding that is how i uh that's how i measure payments now um and it, these these computers are really sweet. They didn't really update the shell of the device very much. I believe it's still roughly the same thickness. It still has the tapered teardrop design that elongates uh, towards the center of the back of the iMac. Um, but the the big headlining feature here is the insane 5K display, which uh, I I believe I have this number right is four times the resolution of a 1080P display. It just packs an insane amount of pixels into a 27-inch monitor. Uh, And it seems so very beautiful. Uh, Do you have any sort of product lust over this device?
0: So I use a laptop for all of... I I have the Retina MacBook Pro 15-inch that I use. Living the Retina life. Exactly. Um, And I can't see myself going back to a desktop. Because I use the laptop's mobility feature of being able to walk around to other rooms in the house and do some development so often that I don't know that I'll be going back to a desktop at at any point. So, man, it looks beautiful. And as a developer, I think being able to show iPad and iPhone retina simulators on the screen without having to scale would be actually super useful and super beneficial but i'm not going to be able to uh, use that feature until uh the there's like a 5k external cinema display thunderbolt display
1: right yeah which is kind of interesting uh they introduced this brand new 5k display and then did not actually come out with a uh cinema display or thunderbolt display uh, equivalent an external monitor so if you want this beautiful new display you have to purchase the iMac itself
0: and you know what that tells me is that there is very specific hardware or there's a hardware line that they decided uh, that is needed in order to push this many pixels and it seems like their existing product line uh, for the most part doesn't support it maybe Mac Pros could do it but they probably don't have the sales on the Mac Pros to justify putting out a completely separate external display just for, you know, that that product. So I kind of feel like even if they did put out a Retina 5K cinema display, um, my computer wouldn't be able to run it. And it'd be a couple of years until um, laptops came out that were powerful enough to take care of that. So I think on my on my end. What that means is I was kind of waiting to see what kind of external displays Apple announced next, and I think this means that I'm going to have to purchase an existing Thunderbolt display, um, which I'm actually kind of excited about because it's much less expensive than their, uh, than their 5K iMacs. No
1: interest in a Dell or Sharp 4K display, even though your Retina Mac can drive the
0: pixels? Uh, I don't know, man. A little bit, I guess. Um, might actually end up being about the same price as a Thunderbolt display. But I don't know, I might I might have to look up some reviews, some YouTube videos to see what the performance is like cuz I almost worry that it would be too many pixels for my computer to push and I might end up dropping some frames which would just be completely unacceptable
1: yeah absolutely uh you touched on the mac pro a little bit earlier which is uh, a subject that seems a little sore with some people because uh after they finally made the 2013 mac pro available and you could order one in 2014 it ended up being uh a lot of people jumped on it because they thought this was going to be the quickest quickest path to a 4k or better display and it turns out to not be the case so i actually saw a ton of complaints on twitter about this and even one ebay listing of a developer who put his mac pro on ebay immediately while the event was going on so uh, some people jumping ship off the mac pro very quickly
0: yeah and that's something that marco touched on in atp as well um I don't know, man. Like, I'm a believer that you buy the machine that you need when you need it. And yeah, otherwise, you know, you're going to pay a premium uh, trying to speculate on Apple or, or uh, you're going to end up waiting if they don't announce the product that you're really looking forward to. Um, people do a lot of projecting with Apple, um, more so than other companies in my experience. And they kind of pin a lot of hopes and dreams and aspirations on what Apple's going to do in the future uh, and part of it is Apple Apple's own fault for being so secretive but um, I don't know like if, if Apple puts out a machine and you have use for it I would say buy it for that don't buy it for you know what it might do or don't hold off on waiting based off of something that Apple might announce further on down the line That's there's dragons down that path
1: yep okay uh do you have anything else for the imac imac nope all right uh one other thing that i thought might be of interest to you not a ton to talk about but we did get uh uh, a word and we had wondered about this um during the last episode if we were going to get any updates about the apple watch and they were kind enough cred federate uh ran through a couple different use cases of the apple watch including using it as a remote for his apple tv display which i was happy to see in action uh but what the announcement was was that WatchKit is coming next month in november for developers which is a ton of time between then and when the apple watch is slated to come out uh, in the middle of 2015 or uh, earlier um so developers are going to have a lot of time to actually work
0: on their apps, which
1: is really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't put that in my notes. Um, I'm very excited about that. I kind of had a plan to have a iOS eight um, an app an app ready for the launch of iOS eight and launch it all at the same time that iOS eight came out. I obviously missed that, so now my new plan is to have that app integrate WatchKit and have that ready for the launch of the Apple Watch, which I think seems like an even better plan. So I'm really excited to kind of sink my teeth into WatchKit and see kind of how that works and kind of get well-versed in it.
1: Yeah, not a ton to say here, but really uh, exciting to get word on when exactly we're going to be looking at a SDK or what developers are going to be able to hook into for uh,
0: for the Apple Watch.
1: Um, beyond that... And I'm that, going
0: to project all of my hopes and dreams on WatchKit, and in my mind I can picture how it works, and it's fabulous. And I know that Apple is going to deliver exactly the fantasy that I have in my head.
1: Yep, Exactly. Yeah, just like they always do. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So just as important as what Apple announced at this October event is what they omitted. And like we mentioned before, no news on the Apple TV. They actually did not make any updates or mention, I think, to the iPod line. So we kind of speculated, kill it, leave it. Are we going to see anything, uh, any news there? And it turns out, no, we're not we also speculated on if they're going to kill the mac mini and it turns out no they actually updated it uh yeah so so the cheapest mac you can purchase at 499 now has uh soldered in memory and like tamper proof screws in the bottom so it is extremely difficult to get open but for an entry point uh level computer it actually seems really cool it got a spec bump Um, They actually discontinued the server configuration for the Mac Mini, which, you know, I didn't have any use for it, but the guys over at macminicolo.com who run entire servers, clusters made of Mac Minis, uh, I don't think we're too pleased about the development. Um, That's where a lot of this news came from. Um, But uh, we kind of speculated the worst for a couple product lines that didn't end up getting the axe. I think Apple... Apple likes to keep these products around for quite a while, longer than you might expect because they can still wring a little bit of
0: juice out of that dead horse. I'm thinking that a Mac Mini might be in my future as a media server. Um, I'm actually a little bit excited about that product. Seems like a good price point And I need a new media server computer because right now I'm using my uh, laptop. For that purpose. And if I take it with me on a trip or if I close it and it goes off the network, then it kind of uh, stops being a media server at that point, And that's just unacceptable. So really, really uh, kind of more excited than I thought I'd be about a new Mac mini.
1: So we had talked earlier about if Apple did not announce a new Apple TV, you might have to go uh, elsewhere for a set-top box. Is this what you might be looking at instead
0: no so uh, this is a really good topic for another episode of tech down i think but i basically use i have a network attached storage drive that has four terabytes where i store all my tv shows and i have a plex server that runs on my laptop right now that points to my network Attached storage and then my apple tv points to my Plex server, which is right now my laptop. So if I were able to use a Mac mini as my uh, media server, then I could use my laptop more as a laptop and close it and take it around and take it on trips with me. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I still need something to fill the Apple TV role. And I think that uh, one of the new Nexus Nexus TVs, Google Nexus TVs, I forget what they're called, Um, I think one of those might be in my future for that purpose. Um, They were doing a weird thing where this past Friday they opened up pre-orders, but I feel a little leery doing a pre-order when they don't have a launch date yet, and there's also no reviews, so I haven't made any moves on that front yet.
1: All right, so to be continued. Also,
0: I know that as soon as I get something to replace my, my Apple TVs, uh, Apple's just gonna, out of the blue, announce a, a new update that grants all of my wishes. But taking my own advice, I'm gonna buy what I need when I need it, and then not sit around waiting and hoping that Apple puts out the dream product that I need. Okay, well, did you have anything else for uh, the October event? I think that's about it. Um, I, I thought that there was the corniness of some of the videos that Apple showed at the event that seemed really weird. I don't have anything really to add to that, except they seemed really corny and out of place. And I'm not sure why they are um, showing those at their events. It seems just kind of bizarre to me Um, that Apple, they open up so little about themselves and they're so secretive and then what they decide to share and like the brief window of time where you can see their C-level executives and you can see their product or their new products and, you know, kind of hear their philosophies. They're showing these weird skit videos. Um, it, it, it seems like it must have some kind of purpose that I'm missing. Um, but I guess, I don't have anything to say about it other than it's just a little bit bizarre to me.
1: Yeah, and it actually, uh, in my mind, is continuing a trend from WWDC where we saw Dr. Dre's uh, really awkward phone call. Uh, I thought Stephen Colbert's was much funnier, a little bit fresher, a little less cringeworthy. Uh, But on the flip side, I thought at WWDC we had a really embarrassing, uh, or I guess it wasn't at WWDC, in the September event, we had a really embarrassing Apple Pay uh, kind of infomercial yeah, type video, yeah. and that that did not really sit too well with me. Actually, I didn't mind at least one of the spots they aired uh, in the October event, which was the funny little handshake that the employee needed to uh, uh, know to get through the door, and then Eddie Q gets uh, denied. I thought that was actually pretty funny, and I don't remember what the other video was except for the fact that I didn't like it. I think I might have blocked it out.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm thinking the Stephen Colbert phone call. And then kind of the the rumor site that they made up. I don't know if there was another video that I'm not remembering. Yeah, but there's like yeah, the, that's right. The spaceship, the spaceship campus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Which I guess was kind of cute, but I'm. Yeah, it's also, a more. Go ahead. It's a
1: more open Apple. You know, you said they're very secretive. I don't know. Maybe we're seeing a shift. Yeah, That's just
0: their true colors, right? Apple yeah, laid exactly. bare. Um, and so I guess that's it. Uh, like I said, overall, I was more excited about this event than I kind of thought that I would be.
1: You you started this podcast saying you had low expectations and you were pleasantly surprised. Did you convince yourself that this event did not live up to your expectations?
0: No, I, mean, I think lower expectations usually uh, leads to being pleasantly surprised. That's true. So I think that's kind of what will work to this event's advantage for me.
1: Yeah, definitely more low-key. They didn't uh, have a huge venue like they did in the September iPhone event. Uh, It seemed like the room was much smaller, uh, much more intimate. So the entire vibe was a a little bit different. Um, And I, you know, like I said at the top, I wasn't expecting any monumental product announcements, any one more things here. So it, it was kind of on par for my expectations. It was, a, it was definitely very, uh, the iPads of these were very incremental. Yep.
0: All right, you want to wrap this one up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested on following me on Twitter, you can find me at Aaron Comp. Uh, I'm also at, uh, at Broke Your App,
0: and you can find me online at BrokeYourApp.com. Um, that's it for me. For me, you should follow me on Twitter at Adam Comp. You should follow us on Twitter at TechDown fm and also you should rate us on itunes especially if you are listening to this podcast in the future uh we we love would love to get reviews we'd love to get any reviews any sort of feedback at all would be great
1: yeah if you're listening to this in the future let us know what the future is like
0: (laughs) all right we all set yeah i'm good till next week